Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's episode of Mentally Optimal. Today's episode is going to all be about emotions. It's going to talk about where they come from. It's going to talk about why they ramp up. And importantly, it's going to talk about how we can control and regulate them to our advantage. Mentally Optimal is a podcast focused on educating the public on mental skills that can be applied to their everyday lives. These mental skills are grounded within the field of sport and performance psychology, but have implications for anyone simply wanting to be better. Importantly, the topics covered within this podcast and other podcasts relating to Mentally Optimal only relate to performance enhancement, as no one affiliated with Mentally Optimal has any background in clinical or counseling psychology. About me, my name is Anthony Alibro. I graduated from Florida State University with a master's in sports psychology, and I've had multiple opportunities to serve as a mental performance consultant working with elite athletes across multiple domains and levels. For those wondering what mental performance consulting is, in the sport and performance world, mental performance consultants work with performers and athletes on the mental side of their performance. This can include things like ensuring their attention is where it needs to be. This can include things like performing under pressure. This can include something like how to build team cohesion or the subject of today's podcast, how to regulate emotions, particularly under stressful conditions. While much of the literature and findings within the field of sport and performance psychology are found within these sport and performance domains, the information is highly relevant to anyone simply wanting to improve performance across all domains. As I said earlier, this podcast is going to be all about emotions with a specific focus on how to manage and regulate negative emotions. We're going to focus on where they come from, why they come about, and actionable steps you can take on how to regulate them at various points. So to introduce this topic, uh, uh, as the last name would indicate, my last name is Libro. I am Italian, and as someone who comes from an Italian-American family, the stereotype is 100% true that many Italian-Americans tend to wear their heart on their sleeve. We tend to be a very emotional bunch. I don't consider myself that as much, but my family uh, can go haywire pretty quick. Whenever someone feels like they've been wronged as an Italian-American, it's almost like a cartoon where their head swells up and they go beet red and you can see the steam come from the top of their head. And from the outside, it can be pretty entertaining. There's some wit, there's some one-liners, and there's some very strong memories from childhood. But wearing your emotions on your sleeve and being one comment or moment away from blowing up can be mentally exhausting. And it can be unhealthy, particularly in, in one's professional life and also in one's personal life. So this podcast is especially geared towards those who have those triggers throughout the day and that can induce and those triggers can induce emotions like anger, like frustration, like anxiety. So sometimes the positions or situations exist that allow us to be incredibly emotionally expressive. And in environments where that usually is allowed, so you think about a football coach or a basketball coach berating a referee or UFC fighters shredding around the octagon after a championship knockout, usually those kind of outward expressions of emotion are sometimes encouraged. Sometimes they're really entertaining for fans of that particular sport. However, most times if you're in an office environment or you're in customer service or things like that, it's usually pretty frowned upon or taboo to be incredibly emotionally expressive. You don't see your average restaurant cashier just absolutely laying into a rowdy customer or rowdy customers. Especially with these emotions that have a typical, typically negative connotation around them, like anger and frustration and anxiety, we normally don't outlash anger or frustration at a boss, at a coworker, 
or friend because it's taboo, because it's not how we should be conducting ourselves within that environment. And that isn't to say that there aren't everyday events in our lives that are likely to trigger these negative emotions, and we usually try to bottle them up as quickly as possible. We need to be aware and we need to be in control of how we're expressing these emotions and how we go about regulating these emotions. For example, to show that I'm uh, not preaching from the top of a mountain, so to speak, and serving as a great example, there was a time in my life where I was working at a steak and shake as a cashier. And if you ever want to really test your patience, I implore you to work in any customer service type role or any restaurant type role where you have to deal with customers who are entitled or unruly and just coworkers that will piss you off to no end. I'd have customers come up to me constantly. They complain about the service, the food, the parking, and then they rip my head off about how I wasn't doing anything about it. So imagine this 18-year-old with long hair making about nine bucks an hour. Imagine the customer feeling like that's the person that's going to write the ship that was the mess at Steak and Shake, whether it was management-related, whether it was parking-related, food-related, but I digress. There are so many moments at that job where you're dealing with customers, where you're dealing with coworkers, even dealing with bosses, where you can just feel your blood start to boil. You can feel that anger ramp up. You can feel the stress ramp up, that anxiety, so to speak. And it's almost tempting at some points to just unleash wrath on some of those individuals. But you can't because obviously I would have been fired, which in hindsight, I probably wouldn't have minded being fired. But many people can't afford to be fired, especially in today's environment where gas is like five bucks a gallon. All that anger and frustration sometimes tends to boil up. And what I did usually was go to listen to metal or screamo music on my 20 minute car ride home in which I cursed out every customer who wronged me that day. But again, the first step towards handling those negative emotions, especially those kind of high stress, high valence emotions like anger and frustration, is to understand how and why they're coming about. So how and why do these negative emotions come about? There's a lot of theories as to why they come about, but I'm going to focus on one that tends to be widely adopted within sport and performance literature, and it comes from someone named Lazarus. And this is known as cognitive motivational relational theory. It sounds like a bit of a mouthful, but all it basically says is that emotions come about based on how we appraise our situation. How we make meaning of our situations is usually what's going to lead to the emotion that comes about. If we anticipate something positive happening in the future, we'll feel excitement. If we anticipate losing or harm in the future, we'll feel anxiety. Since this theory deals with our ability to make meaning of a situation, we can change the way we think and we can make meaning of certain situations in order to change the way we feel. I'm going to repeat that again. Since this theory, cognitive motivational relational theory, deals with our ability to make meaning of a situation, we can change the way we think, and we can also change the way we make meaning of a certain situation, and therefore having access to those emotions. So if we're dreading something at work or if something triggers us to see red, we can tweak the way we think about those things. Therefore, we can be more productive. We can be more effective in regulating our emotional responses. That is one way to regulate and access and control your emotions for the better. Now, emotions sometimes get this negative connotation more broadly, but emotions can be helpful or harmful depending on context. That's why there's a need for them to be regulated. So emotion regulation is just this idea that we can influence which emotion we have, when we have them, and how we express or experience those emotions. 
So there's a model out there that exists that in order for something or someone to elicit an emotional response, we first have to be involved within a situation or context. Like me, I was at Steak and Shake dealing with unruly customers, entitled customers that would pay like four bucks a burger. But again, it would cause me to feel anger, right? So from that situation I was in, I would allocate my attention towards them because obviously I was a cashier dealing with them on a daily basis. So I have to talk with them. I have to hear them complain, bitch, whine about whatever it was that was wrong that day. And my attention was obviously on them nagging, trying to kind of quell their worries, their complaints, and things like that. But when we have our attention focused on that, we try to make meaning of the situation. And that's, again, where those emotions come about, right? Especially with those negative emotions, we tend to interpret ourselves at a disadvantage when we experience these negative emotions. When a customer is yelling at me, when they're being inappropriate, disrespectful, I'd feel angry, as anyone would. I might see my coworker or manager fooling around on their phone while I deal with the lunch rush or while I deal with unruly customers. That's going to cause me to feel some frustration. Not everybody's carrying their weight kind of thing. I may go into a shift knowing we're going to be severely understaffed. That would cause me to feel some anxiety. Again, how we make meaning, how we appraise specific situation is going to directly link towards the emotion we're going to feel about and within that situation. So again, the situation we're in, where we allocate our attention, and the way we make meanings of situations all contribute to our emotional response. If we want to change our emotional response and experience, it starts by changing one of those important factors that drive the response, where our attention is, whatever situation we're in, and the me how we're making meaning of that situation. So some examples here about how you can try to influence your emotions, again, utilizing those kind of access points, if you will. So the first one I'll focus on is where I'm allocating my attention. And while it would be a sight to see if I just flat out ignored an angry customer, that's probably not ideal for that line of work. It's not really an option. However, if I'm noticing a coworker or a manager just sitting around, rather than let myself just stew and get frustrated and you know continue to tell myself how I'm the only one pitching in around here, I can try to focus on my own work, similar to kind of an out-of-mind, out-of-sight approach. It's obviously still frustrating to know that someone isn't pulling their weight, but letting yourself stew and get frustrated about it isn't something that's in your control, and therefore it's not something that you should worry about. So again, where we allocate our attention is the first step towards getting that access, getting that control over our emotions. We're not going to try to let others dictate the way that we feel. We're going to try to do as much as possible to make that into our own control. So outside of changing your attention, you can also try to change the way that you make meaning or appraise the situation that you're in. So an example of this would be, it's very easy to get riled up, especially when you've been wrong. But one thing that has worked for me is, and others, is trying to connect your day to day to something larger. So as you go through your day to day, if you're dealing with unruly customers, if you're dealing with... If you're dealing with bosses or coworkers that are just inappropriate, that they're disrespectful, yada, 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 try to think bigger picture. For me, when I was working at Steak and Shake, thankfully, it was just a way for me to have some extra cash on hand, help put, my, put myself through college and things like that. I knew within the next five years of my life that my experiences with those customers and coworkers were going to seem trivial. With that being said, I was able to kind of take that day to day kind of frustrations and 
nip them in the bud, make them seem small, because in the grand scheme of things, they were small to me. And that helped immensely with putting my emotions into perspective and not allowing myself to wear my emotions on a sleeve. It helped with my frustration. It helped me not to have outlash at customers or at fellow coworkers or even at bosses. I was able to think bigger picture about it, realize that in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't the end of the world. This is just kind of a small, small part of a broader story, if you will. So again, we can change where our attention is allocated, and we can also change the way we appraise specific situations, whether that be dealing with people on a day-to-day basis, whether that be going through hiccups on a project, things like that. If we can take a step back and view the bigger picture, that can help grant us more control over our emotions, and especially those negative emotions like stress, anxiety, and anger. So some important notes as you go about to try to access your emotions, try to change your emotions, especially if you're a person who tends to have a quick trigger, tends to be easily triggered and fall into that cascade of negative emotions. Some important notes for you is that change takes time. It's going to require constant, thoughtful effort to influence your emotions, just like how it takes constant, thoughtful effort to change your thoughts. Especially if you're someone who gets riled up pretty quickly, like I said, you're still might going to find yourself getting pretty triggered by the little things. When this occurs, try to pick an area that you can directly influence in your life that can help you regulate those negative emotions. Again, whether that be like me to try to think big picture about something, sort of trivialize the smaller little hiccups of the day, that was really helped for me. But again, see what works best for you kind of thing. Really take note and enjoy the little wins that you have over regulating your emotions. It's, you're not going to be 100 out of 100. You're not going to be perfect, but the little wins matter. If you already find yourself completely immersed in anger, you're seeing red, you're very frustrated, you're shaking with anxiety, one thing you can, one thing you can do is take a few moments to yourself. In this scenario, some mental performance consultants advise for you to practice something called box breathing, which I think I mentioned on another podcast. And all box breathing is taking a four-second inhale, holding your breath for another four seconds, and then a slow four-second exhale. So four by four by four, if that's easier for you to remember. This makes it physiologically more difficult to be in that high activation state, especially if you're really angry, really frustrated kind of thing. And it helps take your attention away from whatever situation you're in, whatever situation that's causing you to be so riled up, and towards your breath, which in itself can be a lot more neutral, if you will. That change in emotions can be quite rapid. It can help bring you down a lot quicker, and it can help escape those really high-intensity negative emotions that you might be dealing with. Kind of the broad takeaway here is to find what works best for you. Uh, In terms of regulating your emotions, I listed a couple different uh, techniques or strategies. Ultimately, not one is necessarily better than the other, but one might be better for you. You don't have to mix and match. If you find one works best for you, stick with that one. Trying to find ways to remind yourself of your preferred technique through cues like sticky notes at your desks, setting reminders on your phone, whatever. Whether that be to pay no mind to lazy coworkers or to focus on the bigger picture, find ways in your everyday life to remind yourself of those facts so that you aren't constantly getting emotionally exhausted. With that being said, that concludes today's episode of Mentally Optimal with a big focus on how to regulate those negative emotions. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, depending on whatever platform you are 
on. Let me know what you think. Let me know if something works best for you that I didn't mention. Share it with other listeners if you can. And with that being said, I will see you all next time. Thank you. Thank you.